This is A Quiet Simple Life, the podcast about creating a life filled with peace, understanding, joy, beauty, and faith. I'm Sally from sallyboring.com. If you are ready to pursue a quiet, simple life in your home, relationships, and homeschooling, then you are in the right place. This is episode two, Creating a Quiet, Simple Life. Welcome, friends. Today, we are thinking about creating a quiet, simple life. That makes sense, given the name of this podcast. And the first question some people might think, if they're being honest, is this. Is it truly possible in our culture to create a quiet, simple life? Really? And I would say yes, it absolutely is possible. If the phrase, a quiet, simple life, touches something in you, then yes, it is possible for you. If you hear that phrase and it creates a longing in your heart, then yes, it is possible for you. I think seeking a quiet, simple life oftentimes starts with that longing, that recognition that you want something different, you want something to change. Maybe you didn't have the exact name for it, but when you hear a quiet, simple life, something in you says, yes, that is it. That is what I'm thinking about. And if that is how you feel and that is how you respond, then yes, it is possible for you. Is it important or is it necessary? And honestly, I would argue that I think it is. Um, In fact, there's no doubt in my mind that it is important and necessary for many people. And is that just my opinion? Well, no, I don't think it is. If you think about it, there's so many studies on sleep that demonstrate we live in a chronically sleep-deprived culture. Uh, They discuss the destruction that it's doing to our health and our relationships and our overall well-being. So sleep is a huge issue. There are studies that talk about the importance of people being out in creation, the need for green spaces, the need for nature, and um, getting away from the concrete and the city. That's part of a quite simple life too. There's studies about stress. There are practically endless studies about stress and what it's doing to us. Well, A Quiet Simple Life addresses all of these. It can address sleep. It can address creation. It can address the issue of stress. And so the information is out there. Um, The way we do life in many cases is not good for us. And A Quiet Simple Life may very well be the anecdote that many of us need. In fact, I would say, especially if there's someone in your home who has um, physical needs or emotional needs, learning needs, um, the there's so many ways that creating a quiet, simple life could mean the difference for these people between just getting by and thriving. And you would be amazed that the difference, a few small changes in moving towards a quiet, simple life, um, the profound impact it can have on some of the people in your home or even you. So is seeking a quiet, simple life easy? Well, that depends on how you define easy. Um, If you're thinking Amazon Prime easy where you order it up and it's delivered in two days, then no, it is not easy. Um, In fact, I'd say it's probably the opposite of that. 
Creating a quiet, simple life takes time. How long? Well, a lot of it depends on the current state of your life. How many changes do you need to make? How motivated are you? How cooperative are the people around you going to be? It also depends on you know, what is your vision of a quiet, simple life? How all in are you going to go? Um, How quickly do you want to proceed? All those things will impact how easy or difficult it is. Seeking a quiet, simple life requires a commitment. It requires sacrifice. But I think more than anything else, as I've walked this journey and I've um, interacted with with people who have done similar things, it requires a willingness to be different. Um, There's a reason that it's easy to go with the flow. It's because that's the way everyone is going. And going against the flow takes effort, whether you're in a river or whether you're in our culture. It takes um, emotional effort. It takes uh, mental effort. It may take financial effort. Um, It's going to take spiritual effort and it's going to take recognizing that people around you won't be supportive. Some will, and some may even join you on your journey, but many of them are not going to be supportive and it's going to take effort to take um, a stand and make choices that people may not understand or agree with. A quiet, simple life really does mean going against the culture that we live in. There is virtually nothing in our culture today that supports this choice. Um, Our economic system definitely doesn't. Our economic system is built on spending and debt and consuming. That really doesn't fit with a quiet, simple life. The marketplace, the workplace, they don't support a quiet, simple life. The educational system certainly doesn't, and it doesn't matter if you're talking about preschool all the way through grad school. Um, The educational system is pretty much the exact opposite of a quiet, simple life. And sadly, even the church doesn't really support this. So many churches now take their cues from the schools and the work environment and the culture at large. And so there's very little support to be found for making changes that will um, be seen by many to be radical, even if they're just the most basic of choices, because um, we just look at life differently once we start pursuing a quiet, simple life. So why even try to do this if it's so difficult? If you hear all this, you think, I don't think this is worth it. Well, it is worth it. And it is worth trying Because if you have the longing in you, it will work and it will be worth it for you. If you don't have that longing, then it won't be worth it and it will be too difficult. But when I talk about these things and it resonates in you, it will be worth it. You'll know if this path is the right one for you and your loved ones. So a couple of words of encouragement about the process of making these changes that we're going to talk about. We're just going to barely start talking today. Lots of podcasts ahead where we'll talk more about the details. But one thing to keep in mind is that the snowball effect works in this area too. And if you're familiar with Dave Ramsey, you know what a debt snowball is. If you don't, it's the idea that you get out of debt by paying off the smallest debt first. You put as much money as you can on that smallest debt. 
and you pay it off. And then when that's paid off, you go to the next debt and you take all that extra money and you put it on the next debt. And more and more quickly, um, you start paying off the debt and it's, it accelerates. So you start small and then it builds on itself like a snowball and you accelerate the results. I think this is really true with living a quiet, simple life. You start small and it accelerates. When you make small changes and you see how they benefit you, it makes it that much easier to make the next one. And then you get more motivated and you make the next one. And the energy you put forth for making the first few small ones, you free up more energy to make bigger changes. You don't have to keep making the same choices over and over again. They become a part of just the natural way that you do life and it builds on each other and it grows and it's very much like the debt snowball. I think it's also really important to remember that you can only control what you can control. Um, There are things that you may simply not be able to change. You may not be able to move even if you want to. You may not be able to change jobs. You may want to stay at home and homeschool, but you may have to work, or you may want to work and earn an income, and you have to stay home. Um, You need to create the quiet, simple life that works for the life you've been given. Um, You may not be able to completely change your life and create a brand new life, but you can certainly transform the parts that you can control. And, you know, don't despise the small beginnings, because sometimes Those small beginnings snowball and grow, and then changes may be possible that you never expected could happen or could come about. So what is quiet? Um, The verse that was impressed upon me many years ago when I started this journey um, is 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 and 12. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your hands just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. One of the things that I've learned is quiet is more than just the absence of noise. People think of quiet as the opposite of noisy, but it isn't just about the auditory noise around us. Um, I think it's also the absence of nonstop input. It's about quieting the mental noise and the distractions. It's about quieting your mind as much as anything. It's about minding your own business, not feeling like you need to be involved with everything, whether it's in real life or the online life. Um, It's about doing your own work, whatever that calling is, whether it's inside the home or outside the home, it's it's doing the thing that you've been called to do. It's living in a way that your life is worthy of respect. When people look at it, it's making wise choices and um, walking in a way that's worthy of people's respect. Laura Ingalls Wilder um, wrote in 1919 in the Missouri Ruralist. I'm going to read this quote. We who live in the quiet places have the opportunity to become acquainted with ourselves, to think our own thoughts and live our own lives in a way that is not possible for those who are keeping up with the crowd. 
And I just love this quote. It's in the sidebar of my website um, because it really encapsulates how we live our life in our home. Um, it's the whole quote is the summation of the cozy life that I talk about so much on my site. I talk about cozy being filled with peace, understanding, joy, beauty, and faith. And this is what we have worked um, really so hard in our home for. We know ourselves well um, because we're well acquainted with ourselves. That's the understanding part of the cozy life. We've invested a lot of time into understanding each other, understanding our daughter, understanding who we are as a family. And there's a freedom and a peace and a quietness that comes with that. We think our own thoughts. We choose what we um, consume, whether it's news or media or movies or music, whatever it is, we deliberately choose so that we're thinking our own thoughts more than we're having other people give us thoughts. And we don't even try to keep up with the crowd. It's not important to us. Um, and it's not just about being homebodies, but it just doesn't matter to us what the crowd is doing because we know ourselves, we know what makes us happy, we know how we're created to be, and keeping up with the crowd is just not appealing to us. And so like Laura Ingalls Wilder, we, we choose to live in the quiet place and we enjoy it. And I think many of you would enjoy it too as you make those changes. So being quiet or quietness goes um, far beyond simply turning off the TV or the video games or whatever it is. It involves thinking our own thoughts, making our own decisions based on our thoughts, and being quiet enough to hear the small, still voice of God because he has things to tell us when we're quiet enough to hear them. If you've read my blog for any length of time, you already know that I gave up Facebook um, a little over a year ago. But something happened recently, and I went online because I wanted to read the reactions to this um, happening. I knew there would be a lot of them, and I knew they would be all over the place in terms of point of view. But I, I was really curious, and, and I wanted to read how people were responding to this particular event. So I used my husband's Facebook account for a couple of days, um, probably 10 or 15 minutes at a time, a couple of times a day, I would sign in and do a search and read what people were saying. And then I did this for probably three or four days. So maybe I spent an hour or a little over an hour total over those days. And what was striking to me is that I, I really did feel mentally exhausted at the end of the day in a way I hadn't felt in a long time. Now, keep in mind that I work with my mind. I'm a writer, I'm a blogger, um, I'm a homeschooler. I use my mind a lot and I, I know what it's like to go to bed mentally tired because I'm usually pretty mentally tired at the end of the day, but in a good way. This was different. I felt mentally exhausted and I realized that it was because there were just too many thoughts from others. You know, scrolling and reading all these responses and seeing what people had to say, both positive and negative, and some of it was really ugly. And and it was just, it was too much. And I, I really don't think God designed us to have 
input from dozens or hundreds of voices every single day. I mean, has there ever been a time in history when people have been so inundated with information and opinions every day, all day on a large scale? I doubt it. I I can't think of any time. Um, I remember reading once that you know, the Sunday edition of the New York Times has more information in it than the average person in the mid or late 1800s would have read in a lifetime or something like that. I mean, we take in so much information and we think it's normal, but I'm not convinced that this is what God created us for, to process and take in all these opinions day after day. And that, um, that just, it came real to me again um, over the past several days when I was on Facebook, it just makes it so much more challenging to be quiet and think your own thoughts when you're surrounded by everyone else's thoughts, even if they're good thoughts. And I've, I've learned over the years that you don't realize how something is robbing you of your quietness until you give it up for an extended period of time and then go back. The first time this happened, um, we had gone on vacation. We live in Michigan. And we had gone on vacation to northern Michigan. We stayed in a quiet little town, in a quiet little inn. And we were there for several days. And it was so peaceful. And we came back. And at the time, we were living in the city. And we drove back. And as we got closer and closer to the city, I could just feel the stress washing over me just from the increased traffic and the congestion. And we don't even live in a big town. I mean, we're not talking... LA or New York or something like that here. Um, We're talking Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's, you know, small potatoes compared to these huge metroplexes. But even just driving back in, the cars and the heat and the noise and everything, it was so stressful. And we both felt it after being away from all of it. And I've never forgotten that. I can sitting here talking about, I can picture in my mind driving and where we were when it really hit me, how much this was impacting us. And so that was the first time it really hit me, but it's this disquieting comes from so many places and you only realize it if you stop something or you walk away from something and then you add it back in. And it doesn't matter if it's social media, the news, a difficult person, Um, the place where you live, um, activities that demand a lot of you. If you give it up and then it comes back, you really realize the impact that it has on you. And again, you know, we'll go back to the Dave Ramsey thing. It, It is a lot like debt. And if you've ever been in debt and gotten out of it, you know that there is this overwhelming sense of, um, peace that just washes over you when you pay the last bill. There's this burden that is lifted. Um, There's just an actual physical aspect to being in debt and then getting out. There's a weightiness that drags on you physically and emotionally day after day, month after month, year after year when you're in debt. And when it's gone, you actually feel physically and mentally lighter. And I would say that's kind of what it's like when you release that um, debt and it's gone. It, it changes how you feel. And it's the same thing with quietness. You don't fully realize what quietness is 
until you start to experience it consistently. And then for whatever reason, it gets taken away from you or you choose to give it up. Then you realize how much you've gained when you lose it. If you haven't made the choice to start quieting your life, you really won't understand what quietness is until you achieve some measure of it and then you allow yourself to give some of it up and then you'll want it back. So what is simple? A quiet, simple life. I think the easiest way to define simple might be by defining it with the opposite. I have a post on my site called um, Calling versus Clutter, The Joy of a Deliberate Life. It's actually a, a class I used to teach in Sunday school. And I define clutter as anything that keeps me from living out my calling and being effectively used by God. Anything that keeps me from living out my calling and being effectively used by God. And clutter can be um, material, it can be emotional, financial, spiritual, it can be time commitments, anything, even good things that keep us from living out our calling is clutter. And clutter is what keeps us from the simple. It's the stuff that complicates our life. Again, it's not just material things. People hear the word clutter and they think stuff. They think cleaning out the basement or the garage. They think about cleaning out their closet of the clothes that they don't wear. We're not talking Marie Kondo here and asking if it sparks joy. Clutter is anything that keeps us from being effectively used by God and living out who he created us to be. So emotional, um, spiritual, time, anything. Elizabeth Elliot has a quote about C.S. Lewis that I just love. It's from her book, Faith That Does Not Falter, Selections from the Writings of Elizabeth Elliot. I'll put the link in the show notes. And this is what she said, quote, it was reassuring for me to learn that C.S. Lewis also liked monotony and routine. Urged time and time again to journey abroad to lecture, he stayed home and smoked his pipe and lectured where he felt he belonged. He also wrote wonderful things and remained content with familiar surroundings, able to draw on deep inner resources, end quote. As Elizabeth Elliott points out, there is a freedom in routine and rhythm. Lewis was able to draw upon those because um, he was able to draw upon um, those deep inner resources because he was able to be quiet. He was able to think his own thoughts and then share them with the world in amazing ways. And there is a freedom that comes with less. If Lewis had allowed the clutter of travel and lecturing overseas and all these invitations that people made and the demands that they wanted to put on his time, if he had allowed all that clutter to dictate his life, his life would have absolutely ceased to be simple. And if he had lost the simplicity of his life, he would have also lost the quiet and the ability to think and write. And we all would have lost out on the ability to benefit from the wonderful thoughts that he wrote down. More recently, 
Cal Newport, who is the author of several books. I've linked to him a number of times on my site. Um, a couple of his books are called Deep Work. Um, one is called Digital Minimalism. He wrote a post called On Monks and Email. And partway through, he wrote, um, and I'm quoting here, except unlike our deep working medieval forebears, the modern knowledge work organization seems to care little about cultivating and supporting this fundamental activity. We hook people up to email inboxes and Slack channels because it's convenient. We justify Twitter addictions on the grounds that we need to be part of the conversation and compulsively post to Instagram to bolster our social media brand. But few organizations think seriously about thinking, which, after all, really is the fundamental value-producing activity in knowledge work, just as divine communication was the metaphorical moneymaker for the pious medievals. The monks were on to something. Concentration is hard work. It requires, for lack of a better word, more serious attention. So whether you are C.S. Lewis or Elizabeth Elliot, a medieval monk, a homeschooling mom like me, um, or the, um, the child who is being homeschooled in your family, concentration takes work and it takes quiet and it takes the ability to think and it takes removing the clutter. Um, these quotes especially resonate with me because I'm a thinker and a writer. So mental clutter is absolutely my enemy and something I have to control. I, have, I also have to control the physical clutter because I can't think if there's physical clutter around me. But your clutter that keeps you from a simple life might be different. For you, it might be the actual physical clutter. It might be the clutter of your calendar and too many commitments. You might need to declutter some relationships um, that make your life anything but simple and quiet, and I've had to do that. Um, whatever it is, the first step is to identify what is making your life not simple so you can begin to make changes and move forward. So with all these examples in mind and all these people who have um, kind of blazed a trail and given us an example to follow, is it possible to arrive and always have a completely quiet, simple life? Did C.S. Lewis always have a quiet, simple life? Or did Laura Ingalls Wilder always have a quiet, simple life? Or these medieval monks? No, they didn't. And um, it always takes an ongoing effort to go against the flow, no matter where or when you lived. And today, our culture seems absolutely committed and intent on creating new ways to um, undermine the ability of anybody to live a quiet, simple life. So no, my life is not perfectly quiet and simple. Um, even though I've been pursuing this for 20 plus years, I've not arrived. Um, but the difference is Quiet and simple is the norm for us. Um, the times when life isn't quiet and simple are the exceptions. So if we go through a day or a week or a month that's not quiet and simple, it's very out of the ordinary for us. 
And when that happens, you know, we do the best we can as a family to get through it. And we know that eventually we'll be able to return to the normal rhythms where we um, are at peace and where we thrive and where we can be who God created us to be. So no, our family hasn't arrived and no, you will never arrive, but you can create a new norm that is quiet and simple and then deal with the exceptions as they come. So what are some first steps you can take after listening to this? Hopefully the longing is even greater. Hopefully you're excited about creating a quiet, simple life. What can you do? Well, the first thing I would say is pray. Um, Pray for wisdom, pray for courage. Um, We all have blind spots, every one of us. And um, God may want to do something in or through you that hasn't even crossed your mind. Ask him. Um, ask him to show those things to you. Ask for God to work on the hearts of the other people in your home so they'll be cooperative. Um, I've seen God answer this prayer. There have been things I've wanted to change, and I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt there would be resistance, and I've been amazed. I've seen him intervene sometimes the same day, sometimes the next day. Um, He's moved situations, people, attitudes in ways I could not have done on my own. So never underestimate the power of praying and asking God to um, make a way and make other people um, cooperative. So each podcast will be looking at how to live out this quiet, simple life. We'll be exploring ways as um, we look for creating that life that's full of peace, understanding, joy, beauty, and faith. And on my website, if you haven't been there, it's sallyborink.com. I have a free gift for my subscribers. It's called the Cozy Life Library, and it includes six mini courses that will help you get started on creating a quiet and simple life. And the six titles I'll tell you real quickly are um, creating a cozy life, getting started, creating a cozy homeschool, embracing the simplicity of homemaking, internet and social media challenge, creating a quiet time routine, and why differently wired children need a cozy life. So if you are excited about creating a quiet and simple life for you and your loved ones, I encourage you to go over to my site, sallyboring.com and subscribe. You'll receive the Cozy Life Library. It's free. It's my gift to you. It's beautifully designed because I want to bring beauty to your life as you think about these things. And it will give you lots of things to start thinking about. And I hope you will subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. I hope you'll download each episode and keep it to listen again. Um, Tell others about it. Share the link so others can benefit. There are so many um, individuals, couples, families um, who need a quiet, simple life. And I think there's so many people who desire this but they don't know where to start or they feel alone or they can't quite explain what that longing is. Um, And I want to help with that. So each podcast will be talking about some aspect of creating a quiet, simple life. We'll look at parenting, faith, homeschooling, homemaking, lots of different ways to tackle this topic. And we'll be doing it right here. So until next time, 
I hope you will remember to focus on whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. 